The Heart of Grief is a program by Certified Grief Recovery Specialists Lori Penner and Brian McGee. Brian and Lori are not professional counselors. They do not offer therapy. If you are experiencing a crisis, please reach out to your local emergency or healthcare providers. What Lori and Brian offer in this podcast is an authentic, personal familiarity with the pain of loss and a straightforward approach to recovery that has proven transformative in the lives of thousands of grievers. As proud sponsors of the Grief Recovery Method programs, Martin Brothers Funeral Chapels in Lethbridge, Alberta are pleased to partner with Brian and Lori to bring you this podcast. We hope our listeners will discover genuine, practical help and encouragement. Welcome, everyone. This is Brian McGee. And I'm Lori Penner. And this is our new podcast, The Heart of Grief. If you've arrived here without listening to our episode zero, we'd encourage you to check that out. You'll get the lowdown on who we are and what our program is all about. In this, our first full episode, we're going to be addressing the grief of change. Lori, as you know, in our grief recovery work, one of the primary ways that we define grief is the conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. That sounds like a perfect description of what's been going on in our world since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, doesn't it? Oh boy, does it ever. The whole world is grieving, and the grief continues to accumulate as the pandemic widens and the changes multiply. And even during the lifting of some of the restrictions, And our lives are affected in many ways. One example of this for you and me is the suspension of our in-person grief recovery programs that have become such an important part of our lives. Yes, something of great meaning and deep reward for us has been changed or taken away. It's very sad, and that's grief. There are many things taking place in people's lives. For example, safety. Will I be okay? plans. Will my wedding be able to happen this summer? Financial security. Will I be able to pay the bills? Will I have a job to go back to? Will I be able to graduate or go to college? I'm feeling so alone, but I'm not allowed to socially interact and have that support like I used to. Concern for family members, medical workers, first responders. My mom's in a nursing home or my child is an ER nurse. Then there are the more intangible things, the lack of certainty. When will this be over? And what will it be like then? The lack of trust in regards to the supply chain, the leaders, other people, the system. We start to wonder, who can we really trust? And so it touches very many things. So if grief is the result of the end of or change in familiar patterns of behavior, we're all grieving significant loss with the potential of more to come. And that is scary. In addition to all that, most people listening to us now have also experienced the death of a loved one. Perhaps in some cases where COVID-19 has been the cause. This adds to and compounds the normal bereavement experience. And whatever the cause, there are some typical feelings and behaviors that are common to everyone. Mm -hmm. 
for example, difficulty sleeping. And reports are indicating the likelihood of people experiencing more intense dreams and having a greater recall of their dreams. I know that's been part of my experience. Yes, mine as well. And then there is changes in eating habits, lack of energy, emotions that fluctuate all over the place, difficulty concentrating, forgetfulness, and feelings of isolation. And now that's been mandated, and that's particularly difficult for people who live alone. And then there's the situation where a simple cough leads to the fear that the worst-case scenario of COVID-19 infection. Then there's extra tension between loved ones. Also normal is attempting to avoid sad feelings with distracting behaviors, like overeating or drinking or binge-watching of TV. We're scrolling on social media for hours. The absence of our normal activities make these things seem reasonable, and some of this can be helpful. But it's not healthy to simply cover up our feelings with activities. In grief recovery, we call these short-term energy-relieving behaviors. We're going to talk more about these things, which we call STURBS for short, in another episode. For sure. We recognized earlier that change resulting from current events can create fear. But there are a whole lot more feelings generated by loss. Some actually seem opposed to each other. For example, I'm so sad he died, but I'm glad he didn't suffer. I'm scared about this virus thing, but I'm glad for a break from my hectic work environment. These sorts of opposing feelings are all very normal. And I think it's a good place to start with healthy grieving. The awareness that what we're going through emotionally is very normal, even though the circumstances are the farthest thing from normal most of us have ever experienced. Yes, and that's a primary message of this episode. The changes and uncertainties brought on by this pandemic are grief events. Feelings and responses common to grief are to be expected. What we're all experiencing is grief, and that's normal. But here's the other side of it. Not all the ideas that we're hearing or the things that we're doing in response may be helpful. So Brian, what do you mean by that? As we grow up, we hear, observe, and begin to practice a wide range of ideas on how we should address a loss. Many of those are not helpful, but they're the tools that society has given us. They're what we have available, whether we're dealing with the changes brought on by a death, by the COVID-19 pandemic, or by any other loss. And here's a few examples. Perhaps a loved one has died and you've been told not to feel bad and provided with a seemingly logical reason such as, don't feel bad, their pain is over, or they lived a good long life, or they're in a better place. Or, don't feel bad, you still have a loving family nearby. With COVID-19, people might say, don't feel bad, at least you're not sick. At least your spouse still has a job. At least you're younger and you could fight this off. Or, don't worry, we'll get through this okay. Mm -hmm. And typically, in the face of this kind of advice, being told not to feel bad, our response is to stuff our grief. We don't talk about our normal sad and painful feelings. We get the impression somehow that that's not okay. 
The result may be a community of people who are wearing happy faces, or stoic faces, who are silently suffering inside. Admittedly, we are seeing a lot more emotional honesty in recent days. We've seen government and healthcare workers with tears on camera unapologetically, others openly expressing anger over the efforts of some people to take advantage of the situation for personal gain. And that's created some refreshing, candid moments in the media, and it's helpful to see that. But still, old habits and old messages, old ideas are hard to change, and we will still hear those unhelpful ideas. We're going to address more of these in future programs, but here are just a couple more examples. Don't feel bad. Things could be worse. Or don't feel bad. Just stay busy. The intellectual fact that things could be worse distracts our troubling thoughts for a while, but it doesn't eliminate sad and uncertain feelings. And keeping busy can be helpful, but the idea that we can suddenly not feel bad is neither helpful nor even possible. So, Lori, what can we do that might help? Well, first of all, most important, tell the truth about yourself. Be honest. If your kids or friends ask how you're doing, tell them. Don't just say, oh, I'm fine. Getting it out is extremely important. Plus, when you go first, it makes it safe for those around you, those you love, to do the same thing. Like Fred Rogers said, if feelings are mentionable, they are manageable. So you go first, honestly sharing the things that are bothering you. This doesn't need to be highly detailed. Often, just speaking our emotional truth has a very positive benefit. We can only hope those you share with will be supportive and reciprocal. Next, invite honest disclosure from others. Here are a few ideas from Ashley James from the Grief Recovery Institute. Be a heart with ears. Follow every word the others say and stay in the moment. Be patient. Give them time to talk without interrupting. It can be hard for grievers to formulate their thoughts and words, so they may take longer than usual. Let them share openly without judging, correcting, criticizing, or analyzing them. Grievers need to be heard, not corrected. Remember, it can be painful to talk about loss. Allow others to feel listened to and safe, even if it's a bit uncomfortable for you. Then, how about this one? Try not to isolate yourself. Yes, how about that one? Isolating is something that grievers commonly do without any instruction at all. And now with COVID-19... We're all being directed to do it in some way or another. Recently, there have been some relaxations on the isolation rules, depending on where you live. But there remain a lot of restrictions for a lot of people. In grief recovery, we encourage just the opposite, reaching out and getting connected. But how can people do that now? Of course, there are things that we can do. And this will be the subject of our next program, managing isolation and grief. The COVID-19 pandemic has introduced a lot of changes and many endings, and that's loss. That creates grief, and we're all experiencing it. It's normal. It's to be expected. And there you have our something to think about for this episode. 
the healthy response to it begins by acknowledging it. And that leads into our something to do portion. We encourage you to look for an opportunity to tell someone about a loss you've experienced or just feeling or anticipating. Be honest. That person may or may not reciprocate with one of their own, but be sure to thank them for listening. A listening ear is a great gift. Brian, one of the hard things about COVID-19 is the uncertainty. We don't know how long this will last and what will life look like next month, next year, five years from now. You and I can't predict the days ahead and what they'll bring, but we're going to do what we can to offer some help through it. Yes, we are. And this brings us to a close of the first of what we hope will be many episodes of Getting to the Heart of Grief. As mentioned, our next topic will be on dealing with grief in isolation. Please take care, everyone, and we'll talk then. And by the way, we hope you'll consider subscribing to our program. And if you found something helpful in this episode, please pass it on to family and friends. And we invite you to email us your comments and questions as well. Bye for now. As mentioned, we love to receive comments and questions from our listeners. We invite emails to feedback at theheartofgrief.com. If you'd like to send us paper mail, it can go to The Heart of Grief, care of 610 4th Street South, Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, T1J4P3. And of course, you can subscribe through your podcast service provider.